Welcome to the Alex Bromwich Presents podcast. This is uh, episode eight and it is uh, a Monday, Monday night, right? Monday. Yeah, Monday. Uh, I promised you a guest yesterday. We didn't make it work because of the weather here in Texas is a little bit unpredictable. <laughs> but today I've got my guest, Adam Wedd. How, hi, Adam. How's, How's it going, going man? Good right. to see you. I'm yeah. well. How are you? Uh, could you introduce yourself for everyone? Yeah, sure. My name's Adam Wedd. I'm from London, UK, and I'm in the USA for the first time playing some shows as a musician. Yeah, and tell us why you're here doing your first shows in the USA. Yeah, so like, funnily enough, I um, planned to play one show in New York City and then it became 15 shows. Um, and that was a mixture of uh, mostly me making my own luck and booking gigs, but then particularly uh, a promoter in Colorado, Denver, yeah. telling all the other uh, sort of... Um, shows in other states basically that, that i'm available to play so it's like yeah yeah it's been great okay and how's it gone so far uh, it's been amazing yeah it's been a mixture of like playing to people with like hardly any people in the room and then other shows like 80 to 100 people which has been great so it's yeah it's been it's been lovely so it's been a have been really big range a big range yeah yeah in- including a little show for dunkin donuts um <laughs> and it was like 11 o'clock at night and um ended up playing to the staff there they're all filming with their phones and then the customers are filming me and i got a free milkshake out of it so free milkshake's always basically good. learning the art of hustle at the moment so yeah, yeah. that's good so what got you into being a musician and you know how come you're here just only breaking into the us i don't mean that in a negative way obviously, no, of course. But, you know at, at the age of you know mid-30s and what have you yeah so. well i think lots of people think as particularly as a british songwriter or whatever like Breaking the USA as a musician is a really big feat. But for me, it's, it's been about very much finding my audience and the niche for what it is that I do and um, um, what I offer that is different to what other people do. And it feels like particularly uh, Europe and the USA have been quite responsive to what it is yeah. that I offer. So um, coming here for the first time this year uh, as a 34-year-old man, uh, I'm playing for the first, the first time out of my own country. So this year I've played in Sweden, Netherlands... Um, and uh, and the USA and um, yeah coming here is very much about taking that risk yeah. and not expecting I suppose other people to hand to me on a plate what my ambition is looking for yeah. and just making that happen myself uh, and what pushed you towards making that decision and feeling that that risk was worthwhile because you said before or you told me before that you were sort of a bit part-time before then or yeah. you did it around other jobs yes. what was the real thing that really got you into okay now now's the time now's the time for Adam to go and do this yeah I think um like personal life stuff obviously happens and it makes you think of you know, like family deaths or relationship breakups those kind of things happen and it, it really makes you think what's important in life mm. so there's that aspect to it and for me I started to study for a master's in commercial songwriting and I very much started that course uh with an academic frame of mind to sort of be sensible and maybe I can go into lecturing or teaching more afterwards but during the course of that sort of study uh, lots of opportunities came up to play live and write songs and it became this organic thing of actually learning what it is that I have to offer and what I do and what I believe I do well is writing songs that have meaning yeah and that maybe ask questions but also uh, sort of explain a bit about the human condition that we all feel um so realizing that more and more people that show seem to be enjoying that. It's working out, well, who are my audience? Because people that like Lady Gaga or, or Jay-Z or, or whatever may not like what I do, but then, um, they'll, but, I don't know, we're all human beings and we all feel and, and love and, and hurt and whatever. So it's, I don't know, realising that people can relate to what I'm singing about in some way or another. Yeah. I'm kind of rambling a little bit. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I think what you're saying is that 
as long as you can achieve the right scale of reach with your music, yes. you will find your audience eventually. Yes. And it's having faith that that's just part of the process. Yes. And that you need to go through it. Yes. And I, I, I can't remember who it is, but I should remember this, is that concept of, you know, there are a thousand true fans or a thousand... Oh, ex, yes. You know, yes. The, the, the super fans who will basically buy everything that you find. Yes. Once you find them, then as an artist in general or as anyone who's looking to make money off having a fan base yes then you're then you're done yes right? i can't remember his surname it's called eric something we'll have to find out and maybe put it in the link underneath. we'll put it in the notes yeah yeah sure. he's great <laughs> and there's that and there's also the malcolm gladwell like ten thousand hours sort of theory which yeah. is basically if you're talented and you add to that talent time uh then talent plus time eventually should produce success and um so Growing up, sort of playing music and seeing friends of mine go on to do really great things, I've always been motivated to think, well, if they can do it and I've been playing with them, then maybe I can do it. And, yeah. and I've always had lots of little successes. So like a, some music synced in a TV advert or a TV show or people coming up to me after a little pub gig saying nice things. I'm like, well, if that's happening on this small scale, maybe we can multiply that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I listened to a really great podcast yesterday, uh, Desert Island Discs, it's a British radio show. You mean it wasn't mine? It was, wasn't as good as yours, but it, it still made me smile. Desert Island Disc is the second to mine, obviously. You know, Joe Rogan comes third. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, it's it actually Tom Hanks in this particular episode, and he had to decide seven pieces of music that he wanted to take yeah. onto a desert island to listen to. Um, and uh, it was really fascinating to hear him talk about, A, about his marriage. He was sort of saying that he found someone that sort of loved him as he was, but the reason why the marriage worked was because they just liked each other as friends, ultimately, which was, which was really cool. Um, but also, I forgot my train of thought, which is something I do quite a lot. Oh, this is what he was saying. People asked him why he got into acting. And he said, well, I was quite a shy child and I wanted to express myself. And he said what he found acting did was give him um, the vocabulary the, yeah, the vocabulary for loneliness. Yeah. And I thought that was quite a beautiful, poetic way of putting it. And for me, like, I'm an introvert naturally, so to be able to write songs that connect with people is sort of... Uh, yeah, it's sort of it's given me a way of expressing myself. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And so that that sort of brings me onto one of the questions which I had bagged in my head to ask, yeah. which was, what is your songwriting process like? Yeah. So for me, songwriting, there's very much the it's it's in two parts. There's the it's the art and the craft of it. So there's the initial uh, artistic idea or concept. So I might want to write a song about a particular theme or something that's happened in my life or, or someone else's life. And uh, that those ideas come really quickly. So mm. you have to get your phone out and, and like voice memo it or, or maybe write on the back of an envelope or whatever's around you if you don't have a notebook. Yeah. So that's the initial idea. Um, but then what you have to then do is, uh, I've got like 200 of those on my phone at the moment. You have to set down a, an hour or two to actually craft that song and put deliberate time into making it into something that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. So is it, that, that's how I'd write a song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, and what's what's sort of the body of work that you've managed to actually create during your time writing? Um, so, I've been, so I've been writing, like, I've been playing music since I was seven because I, I borrowed my dad's guitar and I never gave it back. So he can't play guitar anymore. <laughs> um, but he's been very gracious. Uh, but then, so I've, I've been writing songs since, uh, since about that age. But then... Um, more like sort of semi-professionally and more recently professionally I guess uh, I, I've probably got like 200 songs that I am really proud of yeah but with a song you can't just put it out there it has to be budgets and and, yeah. and uh, marketing sort of approaches and stuff like that so at the moment there's about 10 or 20 songs that we're working with and mm. and uh, yeah just kind of trying to explore different ways of enabling them to reach people yeah so playing those live shows 
and uh, that's the main thing really is just getting out there and playing live to people. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's really key, and that was uh, that was what made the big difference for uh, I always reflect on Ed Sheeran's journey and the yeah. way that he put the work in, right? Definitely. So, so what's the what's the song that you like playing the most at the moment? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think. The song that has some of like the biggest meaning for me and also that connects most with other people is a song that's not out yet and it probably won't be up to next year, but it's it's called Holiday in My Mind. And uh actually I like I like title already. <laughs> yeah. Well I I turned up to play a show in London and um two hours before the show, me and another one of the artists wrote this song on a on a really old piano in a in a London basement venue. And then we played it that evening to the audience and the audience were just singing it back to us. And we thought, well, if this is happening now, this is quite special. So I've been doing that all across the US. Right. People have been singing it back to me. And the song is very much about taking a break from yourself because life can be quite tiring when you're trying to build your career and you want, you know, you want to spend time with your family and it, you, you can get quite tired of, in your own mind. So you, sometimes we need a break from that. And so that's what this song's about, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of fun and it's like a bit of a tongue twister of a chorus to sing and yeah. um, so that, that's the song for me that is the most fun to play but also has the most meaning as well mm. Yeah, that's cool and you said that's com- maybe coming out next year yes. so what have you got coming out in the more nearer term so um, at the moment uh, there's a couple of things I've been writing loads of songs for other people like pop artists mainly um, so we've got something coming out on the 25th of October uh, a track called Karma which is a, a band called We Architects who are sort of a pair of Spanish producers and it's, it's, it's great pop with great meaning which is some of my favourite type of music so check that out um, and then on the 31st I've got a song called Ghosts coming out um, which is me singing the plan very much is to put something out on Spotify every six to eight weeks yeah. to play around with those algorithms and reach an audience that primarily listen through Spotify yeah. but then in my own time to keep on sort of playing live shows and connecting okay. with people in real time I think both are really important so you're on Spotify yes so we can put you your link in the uh, yeah that'd be yeah. great thanks okay. so much yeah. yeah and what's Ghosts about um, so <laughs> <laughs> I asked knowing exactly yeah. what it's about yes yeah. <laughs> yeah we had a chat earlier about it, but it's, it's all good I, so for me like and this is what I've been saying at live shows like Ghosts is about uh, initially it was about <laughs> going on a date with a girl who I really liked and obviously as an artistic type fell in love with this girl straight away in inverted commas um, uh, <laughs> and then she went skiing and never spoke to me again and, <laughs> and that's that's what young people call the art of ghosting where someone never texts you back mm. so that's what the song was about <laughs> sort yeah. of thinking is this a relationship that could be something of meaning uh, you know and sort of looking past those feelings of lust uh, to something of love and but realising maybe it's not that. So that's what it was about. But it's Halloween coming up, so I'm, like, I'm going to attribute new meaning to this song. <laughs> <laughs> For marketing purposes. For marketing purposes only, exactly. <laughs> no, that's cool, that's cool. And then speaking of marketing, yeah. I guess the, the, the most interesting thing, uh, the average listener to my, to my podcast at the moment is generally a colleague and someone who's interested in business and what have you. Okay. So talk about the business side and the, the marketing side. What is it that you need to do in order to be able to get to where you want to go to? Oh, that's a... It's maybe a deep question, that's a, that's but break it down a little bit, maybe. I mean, we were talking about social media and, and using that to increase your reach and, yeah. uh, and, and just the alternatives to the music industry. So just yes. let me know what you're thinking about that now. Yeah, so for me, it's, it's very much... At the age of 34, I feel like I pinch myself sometimes. I'm like, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing playing across sort of seven states in the USA. <laughs> I'm sure my friends think I'm crazy. Um, but I, I'm at this point now because I really know myself and I'm really enjoying my 30s. And I feel like I know what my values are. I know what's important to me. And um, so the reason why I'm taking this risk is not a blind risk coming over to the US at the moment. And, and uh, it's, it's a very much a calculated risk. And my first boss, when I was 17 or 18, I gave him my first job, 
as a, as a coordinator for an after school music project, which is like a big risk he took with me. But he always said to me, Adam, don't just take care, take risks, because everyone takes care and doesn't get you anywhere all the time. So take calculated risks. So uh, I've got a song about that as well. So <laughs> check it out. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so for me, it's about my values. Um, but also, like, net- networks are important as well. And, like, I've, I'm sure we've all been to networking events for business purposes or otherwise, where everyone's quite clinical about networking. Mm. But the best networks for me, that, and certainly even playing here in the US, has been about natural, organic relationships that form. And I think in business it's like that as is well, actually. Yeah, no, I think it is. I mean, I, I am... Uh, often people tell me I'm a good networker, but those sort of forced networking events when yeah. you're doing conferences and things like that, and everyone's yeah. just, you know, scanning people's business cards oh, yeah. and stuff like that, that, for me, it's so fake and it's yeah. always... so. For me, if you want to build a relationship with someone... You have to want to build a relationship because you are interested in that person because they're a person. Absolutely. Not because of the value that they could bring to you yes. in a monetary or business oh, form. Yeah. And that's where the business networking, I think there's there's value there, but really it's just sales. Oh, yes. And if you call it anything else, it's just being disingenuous, I think. No, I totally agree Whereas with that. I think, you know, when you do what you're doing, it's not necessarily about... I need a direct sale or I need direct, you know, value here. Yes. What I'm thinking is I'm just building up a network and I'm, yes. you know, meeting people along the way. Yes. Yeah. I, I think for me as well, so as well as the values I have like that and, and the network's important as well and, and relate building relationship. Um, but the aspect of community and actually helping each other. So I'm part of a network in the UK of songwriters that are really serious about what we do and we play open mic nights, but we also play sort of paid live shows and some people write for TV, but it's very much just about being there and sending each other songs over WhatsApp, what do you mm. think of this? And mm. it's about knowing that you're not alone. And there's a studio in, in King's Cross I'm mainly based at where there's about 120 studios with a cafe in the middle of this oh, complex. Cool. And people just meet for coffee and, and chat about life and, and whatnot. And it's not it's not a forced sort of networking thing. It's mm. just a natural way of, mm. of living. And so that's the thing. For me as well, like, I've never been more confident in the product and the, my products are my songs. And, um, and because I'm so confident in the product... Yeah. Is your product your songs? I, I would say they are. Would or you aren't you your product as well? Maybe it's a bit of both. Yeah. But I'm more confident in my songs than in myself, I think, because I'm such a scatty, forgetful... Clumsy. Clumsy man, as you've experienced <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. So I hide behind the songs often. So much so that in the first bands I was in in my teen years, um, my, my friends in the band used to write a script for me of what to say because they didn't know what on earth was going to come out of my mouth. But I've got a lot better recently. <laughs> Practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, by going running and stuff, I think I have a lot more clarity and, and, and confidence in myself. But I definitely hide behind my songs more. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think... I think I would agree. I mean, your songs are definitely your product and then obviously your, your image is your brand mm-hmm. and that okay. is associated to your product. Yeah, you know, I would agree in, with in, that. In Adam Wed Inc. You know, or sorry, yeah. English, so it's LTD. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's been really interesting. Thanks so much, Adam. No worries. Um, what are some other things that you want to share with everyone at the moment? Oh, that's a big open question, but I, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to go into politics. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't do politics yet. <laughs> what What would you? Uh, what would be most helpful? Because I've I've been really enjoying listening to your podcast. Yeah, we've been driving across the states, and uh, this man's podcasts have been keeping us sane. <laughs> I can't believe it. He's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, yeah, no, not at all. Like, um, yeah, I I find it really helpful and affirming to hear a what I'm doing right with what I'm doing. Because as an artistic person trying to make money from my art, I don't always think of myself as a businessman. So I find your podcast helpful to sort of, to remind me of that. But yeah. what would be most helpful? I, I, I don't know, 
from you to learn from me because I, I feel really privileged to be even on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode eight. It's not really got a... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's pretty much Parkinson. It's great. <laughs> I mean, we, we do have a similar haircut. No, no. He actually, he had more hair. He was just a, he was a silver fox, wasn't he? he? Was, so yeah. actually, pretty much the opposite. Or a Jimmy I'm, Fallon type thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, uh, I don't know. I think persistence and perseverance for something that that if there's something you want to achieve then and in like and what what success looks like to you because i i don't necessarily know if i'm ever going to sell out a stadium obviously i i'm a, i'm a very ambitious person and i think i have to be at 34 to still be doing this thing i'm doing but like, what does success really mean to you and mm. for me that is uh, success looks like um people that are engaging with what i'm doing mm. and have and and earning enough of an income to pay my bills and to feed my children like that yep. anything yep. more than that is just sort of my my ambition being massaged which is fine but I don't necessarily want my career to engulf my ability to be a good father or something like that so yeah. no I think it's all about having your goals in balance and that's definitely something that I've struggled with in yeah. the past and uh, sometimes still struggle with yeah you know then it's uh, yeah I think it's always that dichotomy between focusing on a a, a career or a passion hmm. versus focusing on family yeah and actually you know being able to have that all in balance yeah the guy's guy whose book I really like on this is a guy called Grant Cardone okay now he comes across as a bit of an ass yeah because he's a sales guy yeah but he has a book called 10x which okay. is all about basically You've got to set your goals and yep. then you've got to deliver to yourself and your family 10 times the effort that you think you need to do in order to achieve it. Oh, wow. yeah. And he's achieved, you know, massive wealth and success in his life. And yeah. uh, he tries to be a living example. But he also talks about those goals aren't just about making money. They're not just about owning possessions. They should be about having, you know, good, good relationships. They yeah. should be about, you know giving to your church if that's what you want to do yeah. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But but on the on the flip side, if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk's latest stuff, yeah. he's talking much more that he thinks that modesty modesty is a really underrated category. Uh-huh. And so he says everyone talks about, oh I want to be like you, Gary, I want to be a four, you know, be a multimillionaire, have yeah. a big media enterprise, you know, and yeah. buy the New York Jets, which is what he talks about yeah. all the time. Yeah. And he says that he thinks that people who are earning, you know, 200,000 euros and just working like dogs to, to buy all these possessions or achieve this lifestyle that they yeah. think everyone thinks that they should have yes. would be much more ha- happier earning half the amount of money yeah. if, they, um, if that's just what they did. Yeah. If they, they looked to themselves and said, would I be happier if I drove a Toyota versus mm-hmm. driving a Mercedes-Benz or, yeah. a, or a Porsche or something like that? That's and I think that that's a really interesting discussion to have with yourself oh, 100%. is you know do i want because everyone oh yeah i'd like to, i'd like more but how much more do you need and how much more do you really want in order yeah. to actually center around you know being content yeah the, the, this is great um and for me like that really sort of hits an head on the head because i uh, like i'm a single dad two kids my children don't live with me but i'm able to do what i do right now as well because because of that and um uh, obviously, uh, I, I would, <laughs> without oversharing, like it, it's, it's that hasn't always traditionally been an easy thing, mm. um, but it's definitely informed my ambition and what I'm wanting to do with my life. And also, I, I used to work as a deputy head of service for a big youth work charity in the UK, and I, I love that work. And we did loads of work with gypsy traveller kids and children that have been kicked out of school, and it's it's really worthwhile work. Um, but sort of realizing that um, if you have certain 
ideas or dreams that you want to see happen like no one else is going to make that happen for yourself other than you and also not to be embarrassed about that as well because it could look like I'm having a midlife crisis to some people but realizing this is the thing you're a bit young for a midlife crisis (laughs) but I've had to really navigate away from that sort of feeling because realizing that I I feel that I'm the best at this and has the, the earning potential probably to earn more than it would working in the third sector um and uh, so it's been a, a real, I feel like I know myself more than I ever have done. And yeah, the, the, the journey's been really tough so far, but I've really enjoyed it and made some great friends and written some, I've, I think some great songs. But also the other thing as well, being a Brit in America, realising about modesty that we're sort of over modest in England yeah. and sort of learning the art of trying to be confident in who I am. And the funny story, I'll, I'll, I'll finish this little anecdote with, but like I played uh, guitar recently for quite a well-known uh, country and western singer in the UK and um, she's used to me just being sort of like a British guy that's very like humble. And she said to me, Adam, can you sing? Are you, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm amazing. And she thought it was hilarious that I was just that <laughs> blunt about it. <laughs> she wasn't quite expecting it. It made me realise that, that uh, maybe there's something in that. So, yeah, wasn't it? Being yeah. confident in who you are. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, well, thanks very much for giving me the time. I'm, I realise you're staying in my house, so I kind of, you didn't <laughs> yeah. have a choice to say <laughs> yeah. yes or no. Uh, but it's been a really interesting thought to you anyway. Uh, I guess you should plug away now and just tell everyone how oh, they can reach you. You know, you. what's your Spotify channel? Where are you on YouTube? What other yeah. social media platforms okay. are you on? And any organisations that have helped you while you've been here in the US? I know there's yeah. that company that sets up the thing that you did last night, for example. Do you want yeah. to give that plug while you're here? Yeah, so I, I've been playing shows with SoFar Sounds. Uh, SoFar Sounds are great. They put on shows all over the world, from coffee houses to churches. Or there was one recently in Warsaw in an aircraft hangar. But they basically find you an audience. People pay ten to twenty bucks. And because the brand is so strong, people trust that brand and they know the music's going to be great. And uh, I played a show last night in Austin in a winery and people just paid that money for the ticket and they didn't know I was playing. And then they enjoyed the show. Um, so yeah, check out SoFar Sounds. They, uh, they'll be a gig near you somewhere. Um, so thanks to them. And uh, for me, like my name's Adam Wed. Wed is in Wedding, but without the I-N-G. And there's a few songs on Spotify. <laughs> I've got a vinyl coming out next year, which will be really fun. And between... Uh, now and next year um, we're going to have a song out on Spotify every six to eight weeks and uh, yeah I'm on Instagram far too much so come and say hello and uh, <laughs> learn, learn the art of trying to switch my phone off one day a week but the rest of the week I'm, I'll be there <laughs> alright mate thanks very much thanks for having me man it's been Cheers. great it's been so good thanks. Cheers. <laughs>